Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode eight of the 23-24 season. Um, and we thought it was pivotal that we provided a bonus pod um, to provide immediate reaction to the big Bristol Street Motors... It's hard to say that, isn't it? Big <laughs> Bristol Street Motors trophy game. When was that sponsorship announced? Last week. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was still I still called it the JPT until yesterday. So I missed the whole sponsor. Anyway... It's half time. It's two nil. Um, instant reaction. No, I'm joking. Um, we're here today. It's our hundredth episode, and that's Lee- like the beginning of a funeral. I mean, it's the right today. We are it's the right today. tone. It's a hundredth um, episode. We've made it. Like this is a celebration of some. Yeah. No, oh no, it's something different. And Liam Manning has selfishly screwed it up for all of us. The selfish beep. Um, here we are Um, say what you really think James no (laughs) yeah unfiltered come on yeah normally it's me that swears we'll step through some of that Um, just a bit of an instant reaction maybe have another quick recap about um, Orient on Saturday but we'll also talk about where we think we're heading next in terms of a managerial appointment some fresh updates on the odds. I'm curious what it's looking like. I don't know if anyone's managed to put the odds in there, but Jack's nodding. Thank you, Jack. Hey, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we proceed, aren't we supposed to spend like at least 10 minutes talking about injuries? Sam yes. Long was injured, yeah. wasn't he? I think a good four hours of injury updates would be good. To be fair, the yeah. Sam Long injury was pretty mm. significant, but it also did mean that me and John in the away stand at Lincoln were looking at Sam Long hobbling past us on crutches rather than watching Kieran Brown score the opening goal, like about 400 other people. I was going to say, I think half the stand needs to own up to that because the delayed celebration was <laughs> obvious. Must be obvious on tape. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the second time that's happened at that stadium because it was when Fosu scored in that 6-0 and it didn't feel like a goal. I don't know why. It was bizarre. Um, anyway, right, <laughs> Manning. Um <laughs> So yeah, the club have confirmed it. We we got there was mutterings a few days ago, wasn't there? And we all kind of kind of slapped it off. It's not really a thing. Um, surely not. They're not far, you know, what, 13, 14 places ahead of us. Surely that's not as much of a jump that you would you think they would need. Then when it started to set in yesterday, I think, didn't it? That okay, this feels like it's actually got legs. And obviously then this afternoon it's all confirmed with the the update from the club. Um, Grant Ferguson said reluctantly gave Bristol City permission to speak with Liam after he indicated he wanted to discuss their vacant managerial position with them Jack there was a, a release clause it turned out wasn't there in or something or other has that yeah, been officially that, confirmed it has been hinted at that basically if a club wanted to speak to him they needed to offer us his annual salary up front is what Jerome said on Radio Oxford tonight so effectively a trigger yeah okay so potentially a couple of hundred grand, six-figure fee, something in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, and then they, Grant Ferguson went on to say the club did everything it could to keep him here, but we move on and the project continues. Our focus is now to quickly appoint Liam's successor with uh, Craig Short coming in as interim head coach. Um, and then Tim Williams added... Sorry, this is a bit weird, just reading things. But Tim Williams added, hugely disappointed to be losing Liam and Chris at this stage of the season, particularly given the support they had been 
given. Um, Connor, start with you. Just initial kind of feelings and emotions and, you know, where... <laughs> how, how are you feel? I don't know how to, like, pitch this, really. There's lots of things to talk about. Just initial emotions. Let's do that first. I suppose the initial reaction when it kind of broken, like you say, it had a bit more legs yesterday. It was, uh, it was, uh, wasn't one of too much shock, to be honest. I, I, when a team like Bristol city, and I don't mean that in saying that they're some kind of giants, um, coming in for him, um, as if I would expect Liam Manning to just jump ship the way he did. Um, I think my initial gut reaction was yes, not, not particularly surprised, but unfortunately very disappointed. Um, ultimately, you know he's 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 coming. Um, him and his backroom staff deserve a lot of credit for what they have done over the last eight months. You know they've really progressed the side. We're we're clearly a much better team than we were when he joined. Um, however, it is and to echo Tim Williams's um, comments, it's hugely disappointing. And I think particularly given the way that he's been backed, not only by the board um, but you know the existing players that he has developed since he's been here, also the fans as well. I think it's a I think it's left a it's left a little bit of a bitter a bitter taste uh, in, yeah. in, in pretty much everyone's mouths, um, and it's no disrespect to the person either. You know, Liam Manning has to do what's right for him and what's right for, for you know for his family and all the rest of it. That's a c- common cliche, but it's true in an industry like football that's so cutthroat. And you know, the way he was thrown under the bus at MK Dons, um, despite some pretty poor run of form, you know, it could it, it could have happened again at Oxford if things didn't quite work out. So he's obviously took his opportunity. Um, I, you know, I wish him well in the sense that you know I hope I hope he uh, he does okay. But I'm certainly not going to be backing. I'm certainly not going to be backing. I don't uh, wish him well. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not no, buying that at all. See, no, I mean as a person, I'm not going to start slating the bloke's character. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, it, it, it is different. It is what it is. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, you know, it's it's. It's disappointing. It's upsetting. It's obviously frustrating for the club. Um, it's frustrating for the fans. I, I the one thing I will definitely say, just to end this, is I think we'll get over him very quickly. Put it that way. Okay, I like that. That's a great, great finale from Connor. John, how are you feeling? We've we've been looking at the Bristol City website and their repertoire of action shots of Manning. Um, how are you feeling about the whole thing? They did it. It did accelerate my sort of spurts of back to the frustration, slight anger phase that you know I think we've all been through, and I think that's showing many different things. That's almost a bit of mourning from losing a top manager, and a big part of like my sort of frustration in this space is not necessarily what he's done because I, I get all the rational things of why Liam Manning has done what he's done, um, but yeah, some of those shots were a little bit galling. And some of, the, some of the language he's used in his first interview is very like copy and paste from, and all right, it's his philosophy, I guess it does apply to every single club he goes to. And I'm not being sort of bitchy about it, but it, it's a, so that's a little bit kind of galling and frustrating, but yeah, I get, I get why he's, he's taken this opportunity and it's the thing of, if it doesn't work out, he's got, he'll have league one clubs more than happy that- to. That's thing. It. So, you know, I, yeah. I, this isn't about sort of like, is this a good decision for him? It's, it's a good decision for him. It's, um, I don't think there's much we could as a club could have done without doing something silly. And I don't think managers have, this isn't like a Brannigan. Like, I don't think managers have 
as much well they don't have as much asset value because they're a different sort of thing so doing something silly with money to try and keep him as much as he is frustrating because he is the perfect he was the perfect fit in terms of the next project the next three to five years of Oxford United um and I do worry about what's out there in November to kind of try and find someone that could be even be of, of that ilk um but yeah I think he's he's done what he's what he's done I think he's part of him my hope says look I've I've sort of shafted him a little bit because I was well backed and but you know it does go both ways let's say yeah um Jack, in terms of, I think you posted something um, that you saw on the forums, but it, it kind of suggested the same thing where it's a win-win for Manning, isn't it? He's going to get over treble, we think, his salary based on some of the reports and things going around. If he fails and gets sacked, was his contract like three and a half years? Four years? Where did, yeah, yeah, that's what he signed, three and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking at that in in real terms. If he was on the same contract length at Oxford on the reported figures, he would earn just under two million quid less over that period of time. Um, I don't think they necessarily get all like if they get paid off. It's not all literally no to the penny of. Like it can that. be tied back to clauses, can't it? But based it's, on performance. It's, but. It's, yeah, it's not. I'm not taking your point away. But regardless, like it is really significant. My immediate reaction, sorry, Jack, I'm just ranting now. But my immediate reaction yesterday was, um, surely we're, we have that top 30 ambition. And like I found some, um, I'm not sure what paper it was from. It might be pretty poor um, (laughs) data, but it was, it suggested it 18 championship clubs had fed in salary-based figures and, and stuff like that and the average manager salary in the championship was yeah around eight to nine hundred grand um a year and the with league one it was 180 or something like that so it is a massive step up and how many times he, he missed that crack when he was at mk reportedly like he could have taken a step up and didn't necessarily take the jump and then he found himself it getting sacked a few months later and you know the rest is history um, Jack, what, what's your general thoughts on on all of it? Yeah, probably not loads more to add. I think, as everyone said, Manning can't really lose in this situation because, to John's point, if he gets sacked by Bristol City, then there'll be enough League One clubs who'd look after him. If he does a kind of run-of-the-mill job, then he's managing in a championship week in, week out. And if he does any better than that, then he starts turning head to bigger clubs in Bristol City. So, for him... It works, and I think I was just looking there. He, he left MK less than a year ago, so if you'd have said to him when they yeah. sacked him that in less than a year's time you'll be managing in a championship at a team who are four points off the playoffs, like this isn't a relegation battle he's going into. Ultimately, Bristol City will be looking upwards for the rest of the season, um, which I think is another big aspect to it. I don't think, and he said himself, and you know, word to words, they always are. But I don't think he'd have jumped ship to, I don't know, a Huddersfield, for example, or a, a Rotherham yeah. or whoever else. Um, but I think he's I think he's probably reflected on that MK time and gone, you know what, your stock doesn't stay high for very long in football, modern football especially. Well, look at Mark Bonner. Like, I think he's yeah. a prime example. Like, literally, we were all like, next Oxford, well, not we were, people were as an example. And he was generally being hyped. And now he's like, I know your level's Cambridge. You've got to do something amazing in Cambridge to get 
back and that was like in the space of months so yeah i do think bristol city it's still a big gamble for them because i mean manning has a bit of a sort of needs a bit of time to get going of that in that sort of michael appleton did i don't think he sort of he hits the ground running with what's there and sort of he wants to impose his style and all those sort of things it's, it's more of a championship style granted um but he's by no means a sort of for what they've paid for him for where they want to try and get to and it's the championship i don't see how he does he's necessarily going to really take them up a level that quickly well that's the thing it's like we talk about i completely get it financially and if i was in the same position you know you look at it you think about your family you know it's it's kind of a no-brainer in it to an extent and whilst it hurts <laughs> it really does hurt 28 games is it that he's actually spent with us when you think about it that's really not a lot and he's done a lot in that time to really steady the ship bring a lot more kind of professionalism to the role that he was doing um and give us real hope like it feels this season has felt different hasn't it um the trajectory is i always find that word hard to say but it's in a much better better place um, I, there's a really interesting snippet from Nathan on Radio Oxford just before we started speaking this, which kind of confirms what we probably already thought anyway. But he was saying how he spoke to some of the players at the end of last season and they were like, he's just brought in so much structure and calmness. Yeah. Whereas sometimes we didn't know what the tactics would be like even before the game, like they could just change. And you were It'll just be like... Pre- everything preparation, how preparation ties into training, analysis of future opposite, like... All of that, we'll never really know, will we? It would be great to have insight in the differences between KR and Manning. But you imagine... Well, that, but that's what that was saying. It was like, I mean, it was probably KR to the extreme at the end, where it probably was like the extremes of KR, which has been completely over the shop, all over the shop. But it's still like interesting. Just to, just to close off on the kind of Bristol City aspect to it, I think some of you might disagree and some listeners probably definitely will disagree. Are they potentially a club that we should be looking to be in the same position as in about three seasons' time, i.e. consolidated in the championship, kicked on in terms of facilities, stadium expanded, training facilities stepped up another level kind of thing? So it's, it. I my frustration today is almost like we could be what Bristol City are within the time that Manning had left with us originally kind of thing. So he's almost, Hmm. as I I said before on on the pod, that I felt we were in kind of phase two of Manning's three or four part transition. And he's just kind of been that off and hit the skip button to go to the phase two at a level up kind of thing. So I think that my, my overriding emotion now is just frustration. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I don't think anyone would hugely disagree with that Bristol City um, space sort of analogy at all. Um, I was thinking about it like we're stuck in this position where we're generating good like assets, players and managers, and then we sort of and it's part of the model which we kind of signed up to, but then all of a sudden it, things are getting snatched away, and I guess we just weren't used to managers being snatched away. As someone made the good point that um, this is the first manager to get to go up. Well, is it, do you think, I was just thinking, are we more angry now than we were when Robinson left, despite what had gone on with Robinson, the kind of collapse of 
his playing style, what was allegedly going on off the field, etc. I almost feel more angry because everything was in such a good place. But I say that's a natural feeling, but it is. Yeah, no, that's where it, it comes from, and and the sort of how quickly it sort of he moves on to another place, starts saying the same things, you know, yeah. says everything's terrific and behaviors, and <laughs> and you know, and it just sort of grates a bit. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's part of this is about a frustration at the progression. And um Yeah, you f- you feel like it might it might have a an impact in terms of like say in terms of that progression. You don't want this to to turn into something that has halted that that kind of vision and that project that we we've, we've been working on. Um I, I do I personally agree with you, Jack. I think that if if Oxford were a side anything anything near what Bristol City have in three years' time, I'd be more than happy with that. I mean, when we played them in the cup and you know, I, I went to I went to Ashton Gate and you look at the facilities they've got there and the fan base is, you know, is decent. Um, they're, they're a good side. They're a very consolidated championship side, like you say. And I think if, you know, if Oxford were in any shape or form like that in three years time, you would, I think I'd snatch someone's hand off for that personally. So can I don't we, disagree with that at all. Can we like think of an equivalent club that's basically like one space next to them and table and because Bristol City, are, they're dead to us. Like, imprint, like oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's getting they're to like, the point. They're like Rovers. Like, we just yeah, don't like Bristol as a city full stop yeah. anymore because yeah. they keep taking all that or taking our stuff or just being horrible. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like Bristol Bristol City now have slowly slowly overtaking Bristol Rovers as the most hated side in Bristol. Um, and also, especially now with the most recent links with Carl Robinson being favourites for the Bristol Rovers job. It's... Uh, Bristol you, is not, Bristol's not going to be a place you want to go to. Yeah, that's not that's not the one. I just I, I felt like um looking at Bristol City's recent league positions where they finished up, eighteenth, seventeenth, eleventh, eighth being the best in recent years, twelfth, nineteenth, seventeenth, fourteenth, eleventh. Very much a, a T and I, I put this on our I don't remember whether it's the pod account or on my own, but that fan base is starved of success to a degree, yeah. and they they sit what four points off the playoffs. He joins them at that at that point in time. That pressure will be there. What, it doesn't. What is success for them though? Like, well, I, I think they want to maintain a playoff challenge. Will be their thing yeah. if they fall away, and they're not competitive at that top end of that table. He probably has next season to go out as well to get put more of a stamp on the squad and everything else, but. I just think they they need they'll need something back, and they'll or at least they'll need to see the progression in how the team's playing and everything else. Mm. Consensus was that Pearson did a pretty good job um, for the most part. Listening to the guy from um, BBC Radio Bristol, kind of feeding back and talking to Jerome. I didn't realize he'd been and, there for three seasons, Nigel Pearson. I thought it was, yeah. it was fairly recent. And yeah, was- I, I I was surprised by that. But again, you know, best finish Pearson had was 14th. Um, but I think this season actually seemed to be where they were kind of tipping over. And then it's um, it's interesting that he's been, he was removed and man, I, you don't, spe- I, I do speculate a little bit about that. The, they, it was an interesting time to sack him. And you've just got to think they must have had an idea that Manning ah. would have been would have been coming in at yeah. the point they were sacking Pearson. But you, so. you know, you. I think I think in in pretty much any business, but particularly in football, you know, if you've got someone who is playing or plying their trade 
a, a whole division below you and you come in with the way Bristol City did, you're going to turn heads, aren't you? Let's be honest. I mean, whether you're a player or a manager, your head's going to be slightly turned, even whether or not you choose to take it on. It's a different story. I mean, you look at Brannigan as a playing example, where his head was turned, but then he quickly turned back when he knew what was good for him. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, it, yeah, it's that simple, yeah. Um, but of course, with with what's happened with Manning, I just, I, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's going to leave a bit of taste in a lot of our mouths. Um, but I, I, I really don't think we're going to have a... a terrible hangover um and i don't mean in terms of the playing side of things i'm talking about fans and the way we are as as a fan base towards our towards our club i don't think we're gonna have a massive hangover with manning and i can't imagine people are going to be checking the bristol city scores every week now to see how he's getting on um i think it's just a you know thanks for what you've done tip your hat see you later mate and crack on um and i think it's important that we employ someone who pushes the, the quote-unquote project that we've got going on at the club. Um, and I think it's important that, that the new manager that comes in is someone I, I hope has a relatively similar approach in terms of playing style Warnock. than what Liam... Yeah, I mean, Warnock, yeah. hopefully all um, of that's on the USB but, stick. And it's probably not going to be Warnock. Nah, um, <laughs> Let's say it would to, be fun though, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it'd be brilliant. I mean, I love Leon Warnock, so yeah, bring him in. You got to die to get three points. <laughs> got yeah. to die. Get a bit of that. Get, get a bit of that back. Um, but yeah, I think we need someone who's going to come in, and I think it's important to get someone with a, with a little bit of experience. Either someone who's someone who's either managed at this level before or above. Um, I think, and someone who's either in a job currently um, or someone who has only very recently stepped out of a position. I think it's important that we keep the the momentum high in the squad because I think I think one of the biggest issues with this with this unfolding the way it has is probably the impact on some players because I, I, I imagine there yeah. are probably quite I, I a lot of on... disappointed players in that dressing room. Well, also, you, you say that, but also I, I do actually worry about your Beatles of the world getting recalled and getting loaned back out in January and McGuane yeah. potentially being an interesting proposition. Maybe he's finally made that cut with Manning. And I, there's there's various things like that, but whether or not that type of stuff plays out, whether he wants to kind of come back hunting, I don't know. Um, keep, keep his hands up, Brannigan, that's all I'm saying. McGuane's a, McGuane's a different one because we've got the option and someone's going to have to pay some serious money if they want him soon. Whether he and will Manning have money at Bristol City a little bit, but you get the impression they they feel they've got good enough players, so I'm not so worried about that one for the moment. Um, the Beadle yeah. thing again, it's like, well, I suppose I'm saying it's from a slightly biased place, but is there much benefit in upheaving him to a different club for a slightly higher standard or him necessarily not playing as much? He would only go if he was number one. Surely, so I don't know who the Bristol City. I don't know what they call. I feel like in in Beadle's um, progression line, which is a horrendous analogy, um, that Brighton will have got for him. I can't imagine Championship football this year was necessarily that. Would uh, to John's point, would they upheave him halfway through the season? You'd hope not, because that probably does him more damage than good. Um, Yeah, it might not work. I think my got a good foundation. My bigger concern, which is sort of prompted by the chat on Radio Oxford before tonight's game, was more about, at the moment, it's only Chris Hogg who's gone with him. But if other members of the coaching staff, of course, Manning brought in, having 
got rid of Brown, Blackmore, Such, whoever else. For some players, this will be their third set of backroom staff in the space of about six months, which yeah. you know can can go one of two ways. They either get a bit of drive, determination to you know kick on from the position we're in, or it Sonny Perkins is loving it. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> team straight on the score sheet. Austin Smith is back in Smith. Smith is um, back in the team. They're they're the happiest players in the dressing room by country mile. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Sonny Perkins was like, "Don't let the door hit you on your way out, Liam. See you later, mate." Um, I'm sure they were well happy with it, but (laughs) I think they might be some of the only players in the entire squad that are. What did you say about the backroom stuff? So Hog's gone. Hog's got Hog's gone. Um, obviously, Manning brought in Price and Kraus during the summer. They haven't gone. Okay. Like the word they used yet. on Radio Oxford was yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that yet's a worry. But some of the Bristol City uh, media seem to think their goalkeeping coach will be staying around, so Price might stay. Um, the analyst is the one because he left Arsenal to come and join Manning with Oxford. So there's obviously a pull about Manning for him rather than Oxford as a club particularly, you'd think. Well, surely any analyst likes someone who likes PowerPoints and well data. and it's it. You just have to hope that whatever the recipe is for what's been working well, there's enough. I mean, the players will know what's been working well and what they've been enjoying doing. Do you know what I mean? So you hope that between the players and the, the staff that are left there they don't get out of the habits that have been serving them well it's an older squad as well like it's not it's not a a sort of a younger team we've had in previous teams so you've got a number of players there should kind of like to that exactly that point should be able to hold it together it's not as well like they didn't they haven't done a lot of tinkering above the managerial position so it's not like they sort of brought in a some sort of director structure above it was built into manning Either um, Williams and Ferguson are probably a bit more worldly yeah. wise now as well. So, um, it, yeah, it just comes into like this point about who could we get at this time of year that is this the right thing for the next three years? Not, it's, we're not, mm. we don't have a problem. Like, we're in, I mean, it, it can only be Neil Warnock it, it, in yeah. his 48th time out of retirement. To come and save the day. Well, where, let's and, let's segue on to that. And he's a Yorkshireman, what? James, as well. He'll come on the pod, surely. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Yorkshire him in. based. Get him in. That's it. Official um, official uh, endorsement for the next manager from the Tuttman podcast is is uh, Neil Warnock. To set this up in positive terms, beyond Warnock, <laughs> um, we've kind of touched on it, but surely, yeah, we c- the caliber of manager we'll attract now based on league position, stability off the pitch, the training ground, the stadium situation, um, the kind of the way the board is, compared to where how we finished last season is just completely different. Yeah. And I really hope that's reflect reflected in the candidates that we're then we're then looking at. It um it surely will be, and definitely with recent um announcements around the stadium. As well, I think you know a, a manager that's looking at us now versus eight nine months ago will be seeing Oxford as a far different prospect, and uh, and particularly with our league position and clearly the ambitions of the club um, from this season, based on the recruitment that's gone on over the summer as well, and the squad of players that we have. You know, it's a far stronger side. Um, I think 
back to to Jack's point earlier, I do think one of the core problems is the time of year. And I just think the fact that, you know, it's not just going to be one person coming in. It's going to be more than one. It's going to be different, you know, backroom staff, etc. I think it will probably take a it's while. Christmas. Oh, potentially, yeah, yeah. You know, people just don't want to work at Christmas, do they? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? The time well, no, just because well, it's, it's mid-season. It's, yeah, mid-season. Yeah, you know, they, you... they don't have time to. They're not going to have time to, you know, work on things on the training pitch. It, 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 the detail you can do in pre-season. You know, we're going to be working week to week. You know, game yeah. to game in terms of Saturday, Tuesdays, etc. You know, it's going to be a, a manager who's going to need to come in and hit the ground running because otherwise, you know, very quickly this season becomes something that yeah. we've. You know, it's going to be something to forget about if that doesn't go right. But again, with 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 uh, the last previous managers that we've you know we have brought in, including Carl Robinson and obviously Liam, you know we have got those appointments right. You know, regardless of what you think of Carl Robinson and the way it ended, the previous seasons we had with him were, were, were very good. Yeah. So you know, we have got it right for the last two times in a row. So I don't think, as Oxford fans, we should be worrying about what the board are going to do because I think, you know, I think they are certainly acting with the future of the club in mind. It'll be interesting as to whether they redeploy some of that compensation Mm. to get someone out of a club or whether it will be keep that money for a rainy day for something else and um, get someone who's on a free. I I was genuinely like looking at the names, Jack Des Buckingham's one that always kind of materially linked his, his roots are in Oxford and everything else. He used to sit at the back of the bus at Oxford Swimming Club with the same bus as me. He's a bit older than me, though. Drop him a text, but, then, James. Um, I'll get him on the pod, surely. I'll, uh, we can ask him directly. What are the names, Jack, that are standing out to you? Um, well, the ones that are standing out from a please-no point of view are Danny Cowley and Steve Cottrell, but I think that's just <laughs> Bet Victor doing their generic template of a League One manager betted market. Um Buckingham, Buckingham would appeal, although it's potentially a bit risky to give him his first I don't job. There's Buckingham thing. Like it won't happen. I, I guess it's the it's the city group stuff, isn't it? The what they go through to get their badges and everything else. Yeah, I get that, but I don't get there's, there's no EFL experience whatsoever. No, you, and... you say about when Manning went into MK as well. It's the yeah, we didn't a, a, <laughs> like, all, No, I know, but. And also there's that thing with, you know, if you're going to employ someone like Des Buckingham, and I was talking just a second ago about, you know, trying to settle in. I know he's from Oxford, but, you know, he has been managing in or managing Mumbai City for the last few years. I mean, having to basically upheave his whole life to move countries again um, at this time of year, again, over Christmas, James. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it, I think it, that would be a, you know, that'd be a difficult thing for him to do as a person, I think, actually coming in at this stage of the season, to be honest. Uh, as much Four as I like... One. I like the idea. Yeah, they they mean nothing. Those obviously nothing. <laughs> you know, at this point. Uh, yeah. But, so that that was the the risk factor with us heading was yeah you not managed in England before, so you just stick the word risk against him. John Eustace is an interesting one, although with the Norwich job likely to come up, he maybe might want to hang around for a chance at that. Otherwise, uh, you've got Luke Williams, who's probably the most Manning-like in a job at the moment, but you can hear the Notts County opinion would be basically what we've just discussed about Manning moving to Bristol City. They'd not see it particularly as a great step on, etc. So you might be looking at someone quite left field and unexpected. Um, 
there's not loads of managers in jobs, to be honest, that naturally appeal. And some of the people who've been around the houses and done it 25 times don't appeal either. So we might have to be quite creative. Why isn't um, Nathan Jones in the odds? You know, you're talking about managers well, he, who he is who, in the odds, but massively... I, I cut them off at 16 to 1. Otherwise, he'd <laughs> be here all night. But I, I still feel like he's one of those that is obviously gone right up with Luton got an apps you know got a culture a way of playing and everything else pushed forward and then it just everything collapsed around him at Southampton and now he's just in the he's bottom feeding like it's I'm surprised that he's not you know yeah, I suppose he's coming off the back of almost two poor jobs because he had the Stoke failure as well um so it's a, I don't yeah I don't know what his yeah. style is particularly apart from being a bit more of a Robinson type interviewee compared to a Manning interviewee. Hmm. We'll have John, to see. John Eustace for me is is would be my prime kind of target, I suppose. I I mean I know he only had a very short period of time at Birmingham City in terms of his first managerial position, but I was gonna say that's worked, his only role, isn't he's it? He's worked yeah, it is, but again, he was I think from from reading between the lines and people I spoke to in and around um work that are familiar with, with John himself. Um, you know, he was unfairly dismissed at Birmingham given the fact that they were fourth at the time he was dismissed and I think it was a, almost a marketing ploy to bring someone like Wayne Rooney into into the club. And, I, you know, I think John has got good calibre in terms of who he's worked with in the past um, and, and he plays a very similar style to, to Manning but he's a little bit more kind of direct, I suppose. Um, and he plays, a, you know, with Birmingham, it was three five uh, three yeah five three five two. So you know a similar system to what we've been playing already this season. So I, I would just like to. I mean, it's always the same with it when whenever there's a manager vacancy, you just love to know who's put their hat in the ring for it. You know when the uh, when the time comes and the job interviews start coming in, you just love to know who's involved because it's always an interesting time. Lampard, was, Lampard, oh, yeah, geez. obviously, um, Ainsworth. Um, I really hope that we uh, get hit. No, sorry. So no, sorry. I'm not going to continue that. Let's stay as far away from Ainsworth as humanly possible. Um, if some of those names on the list scare the living daylight out of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, John Eustace is top of my list, but then that's, um, we'll see how that develops won't we, in the next few weeks. Thankfully, we do have two weeks post Leighton Orient, don't we, with no game. So that, that might be our saving grace. I think that's my, it would be huge to get a result at Orient and then Definitely. have that two two week period to just cement someone in there whilst we're still high flying. Um that'd be epic. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um any particular preferences, chaps, John, Jack, beyond Eustace? Or just see what comes out. It's hard to really put much logic to it <laughs> unless we can sit in on the the powerpoint presentations when they start feeding through <laughs> maybe we can vet them if the club's listening um we'll we're happily vet the presentations prior to the interviews that's fine it feels like it's gonna have to either be some sort of yeah to jack's point slightly left field sort of very high performing coach that maybe hasn't had a role which we've had to we have to go to because there is no one else, um, particularly that sort of shines through. It it does feel Waddock. there's a real um, yes, Warnock. <laughs> Gary Waddock. Gary Waddock. It does feel there's oh, a real two columned approach to management now. You've got all your modern style coaches who've kind of come through academy coaching and 
up and coming, understand the game, or you can go down your kind of Ainsworth routes and you've been sat doing it for 10 years and you're just like, that's not where we are at as a club. We are, you know, the model, the project, all the rest of it. Um, I'm now distracted because yeah. Josh Murphy's just scored, so we really are in a new chapter. Oh, I mean, what a guy. Live updates here on Tip Manor Podcast. <sighs> Who's Liam Manning? Yeah, exactly. Winning the JP Pizza. You may, what, you imagine if we, drew, him? if we drew him, drew him in a cast. John Smith's <laughs> um, Swallocks trophy. We, we haven't asked you, James. Who, who do you want? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know enough about Nathan I, Jones. I, I like. I actually. I had so much time for Nathan Jones when he was at Luton that. I just think there's still something in there. I, I'd be surprised. I think he's had enough of a payoff where he needs to, he'll be comfortable and he'll need to start again if he's still interested in managing, that is. Um, otherwise, uh, I don't know. I still feel <laughs> it's the Chelsea family connection, but... Um, no. <laughs> no. Going with that. I know exactly where you're I, going. I wouldn't be... Um, Michael Dubrow. <laughs> I just oh, wouldn't be um, Morris. I wouldn't be surprised if, if like, Lam- Lampard applied and interviewed well I think what what he's done is, in his managerial career beyond obviously Derby was where it went well and everything else has been a complete mess but he's just taken stupid jobs he's a really clever bloke and I'm convinced he's got enough knowledge, tactical knowledge in there and he's a good people person so I just, I don't know, I, I I'm sure it's not going to happen, but personally, I I wouldn't be that upset. But I'm not. I'm hoping that there's a lot of people listening to this going, "You, you muppet." It's three here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, of the names there, I'd much rather have Lampard than fucking Ainsworth or something. Is just something progressive and a oh, bit more yeah, yeah. exciting. I don't think the board would even, you know... This no, is there's, I, no way, there's no way. That, you know, people there's like no Ainsworth, Joey Barton, you know, those those types of managers are gonna are not going to get a sniff in. Even they? Cotterill, like... Yeah. Any, yeah, I don't Cotterill. know. Cotterill. Cot, <laughs> Cotterill! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I feel like we've that. actually. I feel like in this whole podcast, I think actually we've been we've been quite friendly to to the whole situation. It's actually, it's actually felt like a nice bit of therapy as well. I feel yeah. I, I'm ready to draw a line under it now. Yeah, and same. Off we go. And this is what I said at the beginning. You know, I don't think we're going to be harping back to him and you know crying our eyes out. Oh, Liam, oh, we want you back. It yeah, helps that. with his. Just... A pro- Do you not think his how he connected, how he is as a person <laughs> helps a little bit with it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's he's such a plain Old. piece of paper that, as a human, <laughs> you've only got that like you've only it's got not what it... he said, didn't he? To to, to BBC, uh, BBC Bristol about you know how the, the you know, it's a terrific opportunity, you know the vision of the club and where they want to be is really no, good. It's all, it's it's all just, very it's professional. The same, yeah, but it's the same shit, isn't it? It's the same shit. And he wears the same jumper every time he gets John... a job. Yeah, but John said the same. Like, oh, so boring. John said the same, but it's like he's right. he's pre- it's like he's a droid. He's been programmed, yeah. and it works well. It's like he's a sentient being been sent back from the future to just follow a a set of thing criteria, and then it drives the results on the pitch. And then he goes to the club and he says the things again, and that's why I, I do think there's an aspect of it's not like a there's not that emotional, real emotional connection with the fans between him and his. 
as a person today. Do you know what? The first time today listening to Chris Hogg on the dub, I was like, I thought they were doing that. I hadn't said this before. I thought they were doing that to line up Chris Hogg taking over. So as I was driving to work this morning, I was like, ah, clever. And then George Ellick actually asked a question at one point about like, so is that, is that your plan? Do you want to? And he was like, well, he didn't kind of dismiss it and talked about their partnership, but I actually thought he came across really well. And I was like, do you know what? That would be, that would keep some, you know, consistency and maybe Manning goes his own way, but obviously that's not happened, which yeah. is a shame. Yeah. You know, the credit, the credit for keeping us up fine. Absolutely. But, yeah. but like he didn't, you know, it was quarter of a season. Um, he, he doesn't, he hasn't been here long enough, done enough to develop that connection of, so at the moment, all this feeling is just annoyance and frustration of the fact that he's kind of taken from a very back position and gone, right, I'm off, see you later. But yeah, I just think it... Just as I put yesterday, that every fist pump I now think back to feels like a, a pump of betrayal. It makes me sad. No, um, don't let it, don't let it, don't let it make you feel sad, James, come on. Okay. Come on, mate. We need to pick Thanks, this, we need to pick this up. That. We need to pick this up. We, you know, we as a fan base, we need to get behind them on Saturday. We can't be feeling okay. sorry for ourselves. Come on. All right. Let's talk about more Maiden. positivity. Yeah, we scraped past Maidenhead. <laughs> Let's talk about Maidenhead. <laughs> Let's have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bowden got a couple of goals. First goal was nice, wasn't it? Nice move again. We like our moves down the right with yeah. a. The ball. <laughs> it's a great, Li- great Liam Manning type goal, wasn't it? <laughs> great, great goal. Can you imagine if we just started punting the shit out of the ball on Saturday? Everything just goes, drops, and we just completely forgotten how to play football. Yeah. Completely. Sonny Perkins up front on his own. Odonka left. We just back. cut out Brannigan and McGwain and just you know work it yeah. to the full backs, and it's Ian Atkins all over again. That's it. Um, anyway, yeah, we're through to the second round. It's Slough or Grimsby. Did you see? Uh, is it Scott Davis's? He's yeah, the player nice. manager. He scored a free kick Beautiful for them free to get kick. Them. It's a shame he didn't win it for them. That'd have been quite a nice story. He obviously had, just had a lot of stuff going on outside of football. Would have been well. a good good result tie for us as well. Because all right, Grimsby. I'm. Sh- I don't. Grimsby in the league. Yeah, League Two. Yeah, League Two. Like the, it's more difficult than Slough. So. Um, Oxford are four up. Josh, is that right? Josh Murphy again. Josh Murphy. Is that two goals and, a, and an assist? Yeah, he's unleashed what now. Now Manning's left. Legend. Murphy is going to just be a ninety-minute um, absolute dream. God, I hope we play for League One under twenty-one for the rest of the season. We've got a big rivalry with Chelsea under twenty-ones. We play them every freaking year as well, <laughs> don't we? So it's massive result. Um, that is that is good. That is good though for confidence. <laughs> It's not no big deal whatsoever. No. Stay positive. <laughs> positive. No, no, I'm positive. just trying to channel on, Connor's positive mentality. No, I've moved on. I'm feeling a lot more zen after this. Okay. So, um, yeah. Orient on Saturday, we've already previewed this a, a bit. They're five unbeaten, aren't they, going into the game? Um, but they've drawn their last three. Um, yeah, we'll see. Jordan Graham has been crippled, hasn't he? So he's not playing. We talked about that before. Yeah, he's ACL. Really? We're we're going into the game unbeaten under Chris Short, so you know Craig Short, yeah. not Chris Short. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we on this podcast we do love to give people wrong forenames, don't we? <laughs> we do. Didn't I do it with Harris the other day? But yeah, you did. But then Matt, and then we had Matt Harris from Tasmania <laughs> message, being like, "Right, lads, what's going on?" 
<laughs> to be fair, Jerome did it on the radio earlier and said uh, and said Chris Chris Short, not Craig. So you know, we all fall victim to it now and again. Yeah. Did you see? I messaged you guys. Someone called Chris Hogg was the first person to email me at work today, but it was someone at work, and I was just like, "Go away! I don't want to think about Oxford United." There's a lot of Chris Hogs around. Um. Anyway, right, cool. I think we should leave it there. I, I'm not sure for the listeners they don't care about this, but how how this this episode seems to have crumbled into different bits on our recording software. So hopefully it's going to work for people. Um. But we'll see. Thanks for listening. We'll probably be back for our. We need to. We'll still do a special to acknowledge reaching 100 episodes. Got a few things in the in the pipeline. Um, so watch this space, and we'll we'll have a dramatic 103rd episode or something like that. We'll see. There we go. It doesn't have the same ring to it though, does it? it takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, we can blame so Liam. Maybe we. No, thanks, Liam. Taking the pressure off, but you know. We wait, wait to do all that stuff in the 200th episode now. Yeah. I wonder who's going to get sacked on that episode. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and see some of you at Orient on uh, Saturday. <laughs>